This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I can't believe that off air I just guessed Jenny's baby name. That is amazing. And do you know what, Jenny? Keith is such a strong name. Now I've said to you what the name is, I can't go back. Keith is it, it is um different, isn't it, these days? It's like Carl. I think there's been like no Coles in the last ten years and it's a Coles. Oh Coles, Carl. yeah. Yeah. Carl. Yeah, like Gary's going uh, apparently Gary's are becoming extinct. <gasps> yeah, no, it's it's um it's not Keith, but um you're not revealing the name yet, but I did just guess it off air, which I'm I'm really thrilled about. I'm quite glad too because I've, there's been so many times where I've nearly said it to you and now at least I can. Not on the podcast yet, but now at least I can say it to you. It's easier. Yeah, it's a great name. Well Thanks. done. Well done. But do you know what? Because I, I, I nicknamed my my baby on the app, Keith, just really early on before I knew the gender or anything. Just because it's just quite a... Like, no offence to Keith, it's just quite a funny name, isn't it, in a way? And then I mentioned it on my Instagram. I think... Did I say this last week? Anyway, people were like, you can't call your baby Keith. And I was like, it's a nickname. And also, you can't say to people what you can and can't call your baby. That's really out of order. This is why I don't want... This is why I don't share baby names with anyone. Oh, this... Do you know what? Because we have, and it's hard, because people tell you their honest opinion. And Yeah, don't want to hear no, it. No, yeah. Especially care. when you're really set on it. And then I've got a lot mm. of friends that are teachers... And so they've met every kid with every name. And, and they're going to have an opinion, aren't they, whether they were a naughty kid. Like my friend SJ, she always will go, oh, no, because that's a naughty name. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, God. No, no. <laughs> well, the good news is, so I, I was out with my friends for lunch at the weekend. And I said, oh, I've got my short list. And I just scan showed them because I didn't want them to see all the names. And they burst out laughing. I was like, what? And they were like, it's not very short. And I counted it and there were 41 names on the list. So, what? yeah, they've got a point. Yeah, I'm down to 41. So, <laughs> Well, because I saw you posted on your Instagram and you said any baby name suggestions and then you were inundated. And I thought that's just going to make it harder for you, Amy. Yeah, I'm now on 47. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's not going well. But I, I figure, I, I don't know. I had a chat with Kenny last night, and he was like, "Look, I need to, I need to meet the baby. We're not making a decision. I can't name something that I've not met mm-hmm. yet." And I was like, "No, good point. So pressure's off. Let's just wait." Everybody says that. I mean, not to compare it, but when with both my dogs, I thought I had both their names sorted, <laughs> and when I met them, had to change the names. Yeah. Yeah, when I got my dog, Peggy Sue, she cho- in fact, this is what we might do. Peggy Sue chose her own name. I couldn't decide, so I put three bits of paper on the floor and she picked it, and I think we'll do the same with the kids. Oh so um, there is always that. Oh, my there God. Is always that. And if there's one that, like, you love, but Kenny's not that into, 
just put some like what do babies like what do babies like I don't know something like jam or something on there and they'll crawl to it what do babies like no 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 Peggy will pick the baby name not the baby Peggy my dog will pick the baby name not the kid oh that's the idea yeah 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 oh well I I imagine Peggy likes jam so put jam on it (laughs) yeah they'll be fine What do babies like? Uh, what is wrong with me? Why am I? Milk, I'm panicking uh, now. Thumbs or something like uh, nipples. What else do they like? Don't know. We'll find out. Oh, oh dear. So welcome to Two New Mums. Oh, the very knowledgeable podcast sponsored by the Baby Show. We're also their official podcast partner for their live event at Excel in London, uh, which happened a few weeks back. And today you can hear our live chat that we had on stage with Kate Lawler from that event, talking today all about her uh, her journey to motherhood and during motherhood, which wasn't quite as she expected. Uh, and she's just written a book about it as well. So more on that later. Oh, it's very honest. It's very good. It's what you need to hear, that level of honesty. The Baby Show events are the nation's largest shopping destinations for all things baby. You can compare, try, buy products, and there's loads of discounts and deals as well from hundreds of brands. If you missed this one a couple of weeks back, they've got another coming up later on in the year, so just keep an eye on their website and their social media as well. Yes, so if you have just joined us, we are two podcasters who fell pregnant two days apart Uh As you can already hear, not a clue between us. So whether you're on your fertility journey or you're currently pregnant, you're undecided or whatever, you're in the right place. Can I just say, do you know what's so lovely? I've had quite a few, Jenny, I don't know about you, secret messages from people who are pregnant but haven't told any of their friends or family yet, but they're listening along. And like, I obviously can't say names, but they're finding it really helpful. And that is the sweetest thing in the world. I've been having some chats. Like one one guy had messaged me when I'd revealed about my miscarriages. And, and he was like, you know, my girlfriend's been through the same and we're really struggling to get pregnant. And he sent me this excited message the other day saying, we've just found out she's pregnant. And it's, I, I mean, it's amazing that people will share that information with us. So thank you. It's so lovely. And I think as well, yeah. I've just noticed people, people are so nice at the moment people just stop me daily to chat about having a baby have you found that and just so lovely oh it's 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 so great this isn't it like I've said before that with the VIP treatment that I got in London by having a baby bump I am gonna miss it because yeah I'm in the supermarket and I'm I mean we're short aren't we we're five foot two on a good day so I'm struggling to reach things but when you're (laughs) reaching and you've got a big baby bump it's harder people will just I'll get that for you love no one calls me love and like love because I've got a baby with me because I'm with child and I really milk it like oh thank you oh it is getting harder <laughs> really get it. it does um no it restores your faith in humanity so well done to all the lovely people but um so how are you Jenny because you've had a tricky week um I don't know if you saw on our Instagram but you did post the picture of you in hospital so are you feeling okay? What what the F happened? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Me and baby are fine. I had um, a midwife appointment, just a normal checkup, and everything was fine, uh, apart from my blood pressure was quite high. Um, so she said to me, um, come back in tomorrow, because your blood pressure's normally all right, and we'll check it tomorrow, because like, I, I said, oh, I've got loads on with work, I am a bit stressed and all that. So then the next morning... I had to go in to get my blood pressure checked. But before I left the house, we had people putting carpet down in our house. I had I had to chase my dog down the street because he got out of the house because the carpeters had left the doors open. 
um, I had to get him in. He ran all over the uh, gripper rod in the house and like cut his little paws and all that. And then oh. I had to shoot over late for my midwife appointment. So no surprise when I got there, my blood pressure was really high again. <laughs> and yeah. my midwife was great. She was like, just we'll try again. Pretend you're on a beach. And we tried everything we could to get it down, uh, but couldn't. And then I've got a bit of swelling in my face and my lips as well. Um, so she said, I'm going to have to send you to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and, oh, I mean, I, you know, I've been dead set on a home birth all this time because I've got what they call white coat syndrome. I don't like being in a hospital and it really, that sends my blood pressure high. So to go to a hospital to have your blood pressure checked is just kind of defeats the object, right? Um, mm. And they set me on a machine and I was monitored for the best part of an hour and it was hard because I know this is very common and a lot of women have had it. And I had a lot of messages from people that had a similar thing. But you've got one side, you're having your blood pressure monitored. So you're trying to keep that down and you can hear the beeping and all that. And then the other side, you're having your baby monitored. So for a whole hour, you can hear oh. their heartbeat and see their oh. squiggles coming out of a machine, you know, on a bit of paper. And we don't know what that means. But obviously in my head, I'm, yeah. I'm telling myself, well, that doesn't look right. Um, yeah. So that's sending your blood pressure higher. And basically they oh. needed just a steady drop in my blood pressure. And it, it, it's, it's impossible. It's completely impossible when you're in that situation. So I, yeah. I just had, to, and then I had a lady next to me, bless her, and she was in there for another really common thing, um, you know, where your baby's got um, limited movements and you go in and get checked. And oh, she was having gosh. a really hard time and I could have cried for her. So the whole thing was it's fine because I'm fine and the baby's fine and they let me go because um, my blood pressure dropped. But it's it's really, really scary. It's really... And I thought when yeah. you got to this bit, because we're at, what, 37 weeks now? 37? Mm. I thought mm. I'd relax at this bit. It's still so scary. Every step of the way is scary. Yeah, well, when something like that happens, I mean, that's awful. And being monitored like that, you know, as much as I love hearing the heartbeat, yeah, you do have... You, you're like, don't slow down, don't slow down. <laughs> so that is just... Oh, oh, and I had rib. another, I had to hold um, a thing. And every time he moved while he was being monitored, I had to press a button. But then you're questioning mm. yourself and I'm going, did he move or was that just a bit of a burp? Or like, did... Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at Christian going, oh. I think he just moved, Christian. Did he move? And he's like, I don't know. Press it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that sounds utterly dreadful. And, and so what if, you know, if the blood pressure had remained high, what is their concern? What are the consequences? Is it that they want to get the baby out or is it that is it put you in danger or the baby? What's the problem? It would be. So it, that what they're on the lookout for is preeclampsia. Um, which I don't okay. know that much about, but it, um, high blood pressure is a sign of it and so is swollen parts of your body. But then there's also things like protein in your wee, which I don't have, dizziness, headaches, which I don't have. Um, but it can be really serious and it comes from the placenta. So apparently it's not that the midwife said to me, it's not that we'd need to desperately get the baby out, it's that the placenta's got to come out because the hormones from the placenta are causing this to happen to you. So... And obviously they, they have to get the baby out to get the placenta out. So that's so they said if it had gone above a certain point, they would have offered me an induction. Um, but it it went down and they were able to send me home. But I've got to be monitored now every week. And I'm, I'm going to have to do okay. some sort of like meditation before I go to every appointment. Yeah. You need to just slow down a little bit, I think. Yeah. And it's annoying when people, everyone tells me, my mum's like, stop doing things, stop chilling out. I'm like, mum, 
we all know that when you, my mum had to put, be put on a drip apparently when she went in with me and my brother because she'd been doing loads of painting and stuff, which is exactly <laughs> what I'm doing now, trying to get the yeah. house ready. So I'm like, you can tell me to relax as much as you like, but I'm cramming everything in. But yeah, you, it's it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, yeah, because I, I know last week we felt super crap and I was like, well, I don't think I can handle this for the next few weeks. And I know that you're, I know you're only a couple of days behind, but I've just had a second wind like I feel suddenly, I mean, touch word, I just feel good. I feel like I've got energy again oh. and stuff. So hopefully you'll come out the other side a bit. Yeah. But you need, you do need to chill out and rest. And you've obviously had like tradesmen in your house <laughs> and stuff. That doesn't and help. And tomorrow we're having our bathroom fitted. That's good, isn't it? Oh, Christ, Jenny, no. <laughs> and all the, all the uh, carpet we had put in last week is cream and I've had to say to them are your tradesmen gonna like put things on their shoes because I'm already stressed about that but then well they should put they'll put plastic down and stuff but I mean our bathroom took weeks no don't how long is that they said two days two days all it is is a bathroom it's a bathtub and a bit of tiling that's all because we don't oh okay that's okay and that is crucial Amy because we don't have a bathtub I haven't had a bath in five months I cannot wait for a bath. That's going to be massive. So I'm keen to get this in. But yeah, I definitely had my first and hopefully last full breakdown of my pregnancy where we got back from the hospital. The carpenters had done a terrible job. There was fluff everywhere, furniture everywhere. And I just sat on the floor and I broke down. And Christian, who is wonderful in them situations, didn't know what to do. He was was like, oh, this is new. Um, um, and then what's this week's breakdown? <laughs> and and it's that I th- I thing did. where he was just like, "You just need to stop." And then you feel bad because you're like, "But you telling me to stop implies I'm doing something to upset the baby, and I'm doing all I can." And it's just hard, isn't it? Like I just, oh, I couldn't hear any yeah. advice. You, you need to really take your. You need to. You kind of need a break. Yeah. You could do with having a week off work, really, couldn't yeah. you? I mean, you're about to, but it sounds like you're, yeah, you're running on empty a bit. Yeah, that's what it was. And um, I definitely didn't expect the last few weeks to be this hard because I booked loads of work. Yeah, well, I like that you've booked extra shifts and you've decided to fully renovate your house <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. I think that was definitely a good idea. So well done. Well done. So um, look, if you're listening and you're in like trimester two where it is nice and you're in that sweet spot don't think oh trimester three i'll continue this because it 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 really gets hard doesn't it it gets it ramps up well it does it gets hard only because i I think because you're heavier and you get more tired but can i still add it's still better than the first trimester i was was chatting to friends about this at the weekend (laughs) i was like i'd still take the third over the first i agree so it's not all bad but well, I think also what we're saying, you know, the third trimester is probably not that bad if you don't renovate your house and, and book, <laughs> double book yourself at work as well, book extra shifts and just ramp it all up. So I think I think there's a lesson for Jenny here. <laughs> lesson to be learnt. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> Bit like me doing hikes up hills in Cornwall. You know, probably not. <laughs> well, yeah. Probably don't do that in your third trimester. Yeah. <laughs> Has a bit of an impact, weirdly. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, look. With that, we were just talking about some of the realities kicking in as well. I just have moments where 
I keep thinking, well, this is going to happen any day soon. And I went for a lovely long lunch on the weekend with some friends, trying to squeeze in as many as I can. Like a lovely six-hour leisurely ladies' lunch. And then uh, I got the train home, and this kid was kicking the seat behind me. And I just, I had a moment where I thought, oh, I hate kids. And I thought, oh, God, shit, I'm having one. Um, But mine won't be like that, will it? (laughs) This is it, Amy. I've had so many nights where I get into bed, and the lights go out, and I get comfy, and I'm like... I'm going to have a kid like because because at the moment all you think about is the birth right and then we're thinking about yeah. the cute little baby and all that and yes and, but then the reality that hit me is and this is awful and I'm but I'm gonna say it <laughs> I never ever want to have to do the school run and my life is going to become five days a week Amy in school yeah. run right yeah that's those things are really hard it's hard to contemplate stuff like that and like you know having yeah, that level of routine, like school holidays. Like, what do you do with them? I work. Oh. Well, we both work. What do you do with the kids? Things like that are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good job you don't think that far ahead. Yeah, it is quite frightening because at the moment, I'm really making the most at the moment of waking up in the morning. It's just me, Peggy Sue and Kenny in bed and it's nice and quiet. Yeah. We stay in bed for as long as we like mm. and I'm really, really savouring that because <laughs> I am aware of what's to come. But I, I mean, are we? How can you ever be? Um, and then with the school holidays, because you've just put me there now. So like, that's cool because yeah. there's no school run, but <laughs> they'll want to do activities. Like they'll be like, oh, can Billy from school come over today? And then you have to go, well, I'll have to speak to Billy's mum. That means I've got to be sociable with Billy's mum, someone that I don't know. Mm. And I, she's going to have to become a friend. You have to become friends with your kids' friends, parents. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Do you? I don't know. Some of them might be. Some of them might be great, though, Jenny. Maybe you make some good friends. But yeah, yeah, it's a whole new culture. It's a whole new experience, isn't it? I've, I, let's just not think that far ahead because I think you could go mad. Um, I love little babies, so I'm looking forward. to... I'm just going to focus on that for now, and then, and like little kids that are like five are really funny and cute sometimes. Yeah. Um, you have to make tea, every and then night. and then you've got. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's monotonous <laughs> and I think those sort of like 8 to 12 is a bit of a dull age isn't it let's be honest but then well it, I think it is it's a bit of an awkward dull age isn't it and then they're teenagers and they're stroppy which I think could be quite funny yeah. and then they're gone so fine we're done we'll be alright every each day at a time I think is the way to do it isn't it De- one yeah. day at a time yeah yeah oh. but, so, but sometimes these kids on the train there was two of them and I thought I think I'll just have one um <laughs> It seems a lot having more than one, doesn't it? Do you know as but, well what I've oh. not considered at all? And this is for like the imminent stage that we're going to go into very soon. I'm visualizing, mm. you know, like I'm worrying about things like feeding and stuff like that and all the stuff you worry about. And will we'll, we know what to do? Will we get along as a couple? All that kind of stuff. But I've not even for a second considered the amount of crying that we're going to hear. Like that's something that's... Oh, no, I've not. No, I've not. <laughs> and I heard no, a baby no. crying. I've not thought about feeding either. I've not, I, I'm not thinking of anything like that. I'm thinking of things like, is my front room going to be finished in time? I'm not thinking, I'm not worrying about the right things. And if it, and if I'm honest, I'm going to try and keep it that way because yeah. I feel like the ignorance is bliss. Yeah, but yeah, that's the crying. Yeah, I heard a baby crying the other day and thought, oh, it's um, it ever so tricky. loud. It really, and isn't it? My friends have said so loud. When it's your baby. It goes through you differently, and like a few of my friends 
when their baby in a good way no when their baby would cry their um boobs would cry like it makes your boobs produce milk and stuff so you have a physical i'm not ready for this journey (laughs) (laughs) we packed our hospital bag the other day and um it was like all this stuff for nipples on on the list and i was like how much stuff is my are my nipples gonna need and i've looked into it and i'm like god my poor nipples I'm not even thinking of that. They're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Each step as the it nipples. comes. I can't handle it. I'll get weirded out. Yeah, like, leave them alone. <laughs> I'm harvesting oh colostrum God. this week. Oh, how do you even... I'm not even... My midwife gave me something to do with that, but I'm not even making that stuff yet. So how do you do You have it? to... No, know. you have to, like... There's a whole techers to it. Like, you have to get it out like that one i think you have to I, i'm not a midwife but you have to like milk yourself basically and like no i'm not i'm not ready for this no <laughs> you've, you've, this is too much this isn't no. we can do we no, can do no. facetime and we'll both harvest together oh god no what perineal massages and no, that and one's for milking. private <laughs> you're freaking me out you're freaking me out i hadn't done that in days uh, you've just reminded me well look me. yeah same i keep forgetting oh, there's a lot to remember the raspberry leaf tea the dates the pelvic floor the perineal massage the colostial nipple <laughs> whatnot <laughs> i feel like i just want to get drunk um <laughs> so i'm not gonna do that I'm not going to do that in case there's a healthcare professional listening, but there's a lot going on. Okay. Um, well, now we're in a mild panic. Let's uh, listen to Kate Lawler's experience, which um, may also panic you. No, at least she's honest. She's honest yeah. about it. And actually, um, I think that honesty, because I kind of, you know, we found out, you know, what would you do def- differently and what did you learn? That kind of stuff. It's, I, this is good to know and that it does, it does change as well. So, <laughs> Oh, such fun times ahead. So um, here is here is our chat with Kate Lawler. Can't wait to be a mum, can you? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the stage, Kate Lawler. Hello, mate. I feel like I'm on this morning. Hi, everyone. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Chatty. Uh, I'm all right. I'm okay. How are you? Congratulations, by the way, ladies. Thank you. You're both looking lovely. So, um, Kate, I know most people know who you are here, but obviously from radio, TV presenter... You always had a very exciting career, and I know that, well, you've shared very openly on your former podcast, Maybe Baby, and all sorts, that you weren't initially sure about having kids, were you? And it was something that, I mean, that's what the podcast was about, wasn't it? So it's interesting to see, you know, how that went. What was it initially that made you think, I'm going to do it, I'm going to become a mum? Do you know what? A number of things, really. I was happily child-free, The fiancé was badgering me to have a baby and I kept reminding him that from day one I said I didn't want kids. But we went to a fertility clinic to have a fertility health check because we wanted to make sure that if we were going to try, we could actually do it. And um, even though my ultrasound scan was normal, the AMH blood test came back and indicated that 
I may go through the menopause early and that my egg count was really low. In fact, super low for my age. So that kind of brought it home that it won't ever forever be a, a choice and that one day that decision will be taken away from me. And that day was approaching quite rapidly. So there was that. Then I turned 40. And for some reason, when I hit 40, I just I thought, gee whiz, this is a new decade. I need to, something, I'm ready for something new, but I don't know what it is. And Bodger was like, it's a baby. And I was like, no, 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 it's not a baby. And he was like, I think it is. But I think for so long, I'd had like, in my 20s, I partied. In my 30s, I got a dog. And, you know, I was focusing on my career. And I was like, maybe it's time. And so there was that. And then the, the pandemic hit and we were supposed to get married. I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> do you know what? We're not getting Gotta married. Let's yourself. try for a baby. Yeah. And as luck would have it, we, um, yeah, we got pregnant straight away so because I was a lot like you I was so undecided like I say we didn't plan this pregnancy but we're very grateful for it but so I listened to your podcast maybe baby and I was the same I had a few issues with like smear tests and stuff like that and it was the thought of maybe you won't if you wait too long you won't be able to have a bit and that for me made me go oh okay that changes things a little bit and Amy you'd always said hadn't you maybe start to think about it a little bit and it does change it just spur you on a bit doesn't it yeah It's so true. But despite that, despite um, Marie Wren at the Lister Fertility Clinic telling me that, you know, I needed to get a move on and to not put it on the back burner too long, I still didn't start trying because that was back in September 2019. And I said to Bodge, look, I'm, I know this has given me a wake-up call, but I'm still not ready. So I was willing to take that risk. And I would have probably, maybe I would have regretted it if I couldn't have got pregnant, but I can only speak from what happened. And yeah. Luckily, we didn't wait too long. I mean, we, we only had another eight months and then we were trying. But straight away, I didn't come out of the clinic and think, right, hop on board, let's go. We need to do this pronto. I just, I was still very much like, it still needs to be the right time. Yeah. And that's what I believe. I, I don't believe anyone should be forced into yeah. trying for a baby because of societal pressures and what people expect them to do or, you know, because there's far too much of that, I think. And it's a lot, especially when, you know, I, I'm... 39 and I know a lot of my friends they're at that age where they need to decide and it is it's panicky but how did you feel when you fell pregnant did you feel maternal like because you know I have wanted to get pregnant for a while so I've always it's kind of been how I imagined but I wonder how it felt when you can't you know you you didn't ever envisage Mm -hmm. it did you feel maternal or how was it did you massively which really surprised me because I spent so many years standing my ground and thinking I'll never be a mum to a human I've got my dogs I'm quite happy being a dog mum but it's surprising the moment you see that positive pregnancy test and you want a child I felt so maternal straight away and that feeling only grew stronger when I found out I was having a girl and I knew that it was a daughter inside me so whether I was going to have a boy or a girl but knowing which sex it was like I could it was my daughter inside me and that feeling that maternal feeling which I never ever had before apart from maybe with the dogs you know I've always had that with the dogs I just felt like wow it it was an incredible feeling and it just grew stronger and stronger until she was born like I I never once felt like I didn't want to be pregnant or I didn't I went through actually I had a really positive pregnancy you know some women struggle with what happens to their body and the sickness. I was so lucky not to be physically vomiting. Yeah. Like the first month, you're always feeling sick and you're tired. But I had a really straightforward pregnancy and I enjoyed it actually quite a lot. Yeah. Apart from all the side effects that everybody gets. 
I mean, this is, could be an uncomfortable question, but I feel like me and Jenny need to address it. We're dog lovers as well. Yeah. Jenny has two dogs, as you know. I have one dog, Peggy Sue, <laughs> my cavapoo. You have two. And I know you have the same level of love that we do. You know, is it the same with a baby? What if, sometimes I'm like, what if I yeah, don't so, love my baby so as much as my to dog? Me, it's like your dog times a billion. And I'm like, I don't have space in my heart for that. I love my <laughs> dogs too it. much. Yeah. So how is that? I didn't think I had space in my heart because <laughs> I love the dogs times a billion. It's strange. It's like, I always said that no, no love. I said, I always said, I'm ne- I, I can't love anything more than these two. Like every time I look at them, my heart explodes yeah. Yeah. with love. Um, but it's a different kind of love. But it's, I still, you know, I still get home every night from work and I go crazy to see my dogs, and I go crazy to see Noah. But it's a different kind of love because the dogs, they're like babies forever. Like they've always never been able to, you know, open a door, make themselves a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to go out to school or go and get a job. They're I still always get the same. frustrated they can't speak to yeah, me. Exactly. Like, okay? They can kind of speak to us, but not. Yeah, they can't yeah, speak English. No, totally. But but with Noah, she's constantly changing and evolving and and learning new things that it's like you're more fascinated by your baby of course the love for your baby because you've made your baby of course there's that deeper connection there but um yeah it's crazy because and I and I now know what people say by yeah you'll you'll get it when you have a baby like there is that different kind of love from your dogs but I still love them so much obviously oh yeah they're my first Baxter's my firstborn and Shirley's just Shirley but but (laughs) you but but Noah just is constantly changing, so I'm more fascinated by her, and I find it so amazing that she's going to grow up and she's going to leave home and find, you know, have her own life. Whereas Baxter and Shirley, they're just like permanent babies. You know what I mean? They permanently need to be fed. They can't make themselves their own food, and we have to pick up their poo. That's so. I didn't think about it like that. They're always they always need you, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But how were those two? How were the dogs when Noah came into the house? Like because everyone says, "Oh, get ready for your dogs to be pushed out." I'm like, absolutely not. No. It was really underwhelming. I was all set and I had my camera ready and I was like, right, bring the dogs in. They'd been staying at my friend's house. Noah was there in her little seat and I was like, bring them in. They're going to love her. And they literally walked over to her, took one sniff and then just went outside in the garden for oh, half an hour. So I was gutted. I had this video and it was so boring. I didn't even share it because it was really... But Baxter and Noah are like best friends now. He, he follows her everywhere. He sat from the moment she was in our house and he, he came home. He was sat by her crib. He followed her everywhere. He like tried to lick her face. Obviously, we didn't let that happen in the beginning. He occasionally gets the odd lick now. Shirley's too busy on Paw Patrol. She wants to kill everything in the garden. But Baxter and Noah are like best friends. And their relationship is so cute at the minute. She's just learned to throw a ball. So she's throwing the ball to him and he's like picking it up and dropping it in front of her. And it's just, honestly, that is what really like just seeing them together. I just hope he stays long around long enough. You know, for her to oh, remember him. Because yeah. he's old. He's, he's getting old now. He's 11. Oh, bless him. Oh. Yeah, I keep saving all those videos on Instagram of, like, babies and puppies hugging. I'm like, that, that's <laughs> how it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, sometimes things aren't like Instagram, are they? No. But, um, but speaking of which, you've always been very open and honest on your, you know, social media um, with all your content. And I know those first few months were maybe not how you expected it. How did it go? No. <laughs> how did it go? How did that go, Kate? I think anyone who's a parent will understand, and you will very soon, how apocalyptic those newborn days can be. And I'm sure there are parents out here right now who found those newborn days delightful and a joy and the best and, and most rewarding and easiest part of parenthood. But for me personally and everyone else, everyone's experience of it is unique. 
I found them challenging and extremely, extremely um, soul destroying and soul sucking. And because I was mentally exhausted and the sleep deprivation really gets to you. Like I was hallucinating with how little sleep I was getting. I was saying all sorts to Bodge and he was like, you need, you need some sleep. But it's, it's so tough because there are so many challenges you're faced with. Like we went to A&E three times in three weeks when she was born. And then she had terrible reflux because she was on antibiotics for the first four weeks of her life. So then we had loads of visits to the cranial osteo. And then breastfeeding became a real challenge at around six weeks. And then suddenly the postnatal depression crept in after I thought it was just the baby blues around six to seven weeks. And the sleep deprivation on top of the fact that you're really, really stressed with your partner because you're both tired and the lack of communication is always there and you feel uncomfortable talking about how you feel. It was a nightmare. It was like the worst and most difficult time of my life. But with every month that passes, there is that little bit, it it gets a little bit easier. You're still faced with challenges, but it does get a little bit easier with every month that goes by and you finally feel like a little bit more like you know what you're doing. Like in those early days, I felt so inadequate and so out of my depth like I was treading water like I didn't know how to wind her properly I didn't know how to change her nappy properly I didn't know that the frills of a nappy was supposed to face outwards for ages so she kept weeing in her baby I didn't know that someone should have told me but there was so much you learn on the go you can read all the books and listen to the podcasts and go to antenatal but so much of parenting is just learning on the go and during a time of covid where I wasn't able to see my family or friends I wanted to hug my mum. I wanted to hug my dad. I didn't have that support network around me. And you can't, it really does take a village. You can't do it on your own. And I have so much respect for single parents or even parents who have multiple children because I was just barely functioning with just one, you know, and I had the support of my fiance. But it's, it, it, it gets better. It gets easier, but it's still really difficult. I forget that you went through the whole pandemic yeah. situation with us. Well, that's really difficult. Yeah, because we would have liked to have layer. had... You know, my mum would have come over and stayed, yeah. but we, she already had her bubble. So we had to hire help in the form of a doula, yeah. which if you can afford it, I feel like is really, and you can like you can get doulas that are just starting out and um, so the, the, the prices vary, but she was over like twice a week in the evenings to help us with all the problems we had and answer questions. And then she would have Noah overnight and I'd wake up to express and wake up to feed. But she, she really did help us. So with... Two expectant mums sat here right now about to go through it. What would you, looking back, you know, if you were to do it again, or as advice for us already... No, thank you. (laughs) Any new parents today, you know, what would you do differently? What do you think you could have... Do you think Mm. there's anything you could have done differently? Or is it it just the sleep deprivation, lack of control... Have you pinpointed probably what it is that made it that hard or Before, to make it better? I t- the one bit of advice I would give to you is that you need to look at parenting as a full-time job because I was really naive before I had a baby thinking that it wasn't. I didn't have a clue just how all-consuming having a baby is. Like, it really is a full-time job. And I didn't look at it like that. So I went back to work really quickly, not to the radio show, but I took on loads of other work because I wasn't getting paid from the radio and I was worrying about money thinking well I need, I need to you know I'm not getting paid maternity leave so I need to earn money so I took on loads of other work which I could do at home but then that meant I was always tired because whenever the baby was sleeping I was working or trying to tidy up the house or taking the dogs for a walk or something like that so if you look at it like it's your one job and try and take off as much time as physically and financially possible I think that will help you mentally it won't be as exhausting as it can be so just it really does take up so much of your time. So I, I regret 
taking on more work than I should have. Yeah. Definitely. And I also think communication is key as well because I found it so difficult to tell Bodge how I was feeling. Yeah. But actually, if you talk, you can then talk to, you know, even if it's a family member or a friend or your partner or a therapist or your GP or your health visitor, you need to be able to, like, just having that courage to... I didn't have the courage. It took me having a proper breakdown for Bodge to actually say, you need to get help, you need to get therapy. Do you know what I mean? So just well, try so and communicate. To admit that. No one wants to yeah. admit, I, I don't know if I'm doing this okay and I'm, I'm struggling. That is yeah. hard, you know, especially when you've had a career like yours, you know, you've been so competent and successful mm. and you're like, oh, surely I can do this. Yeah. But it's, yeah. that, is a, that is a big thing. And yeah. it's okay as well to have those days where you cry and you feel anxious and resentful and overwhelmed and angry it's okay to have those days because every parent has gone through that and you've got to remember that Instagram is just a highlights reel of everyone's lives and it's not a true reflection of how parenting is it's it's kind of dangerous and harmful in a way for new parents not to be having these conversations about the possibility you might find it difficult because so often we see we see motherhood and fatherhood is this wonderful like wholesome beautiful easy just experience giggling in a like cute it, little baby grow right gig giggling yeah do. yeah yeah but it's but it's really not it's really hard like the day-to-day -day experience of raising a newborn it's it's a real paradox because it's it's mundane and it's so exhausting but yet it's the most joyful thing you'll ever experience when they smile at you for the first time or when they say mama or they say dada or they wave for the first time like it's it's such a conflicting set of emotions, but it's okay to kind of have those days where you feel like, oh my God, why did I do this? Because your feelings change as quickly as your children do. And yeah. before you know it, you'll have a one-year-old and things will be a lot easier. Because everyone talks about mum guilt. I've heard that a lot from my friends who have got kids. And I've felt it even in my pregnancy. And really? that's something that, that, that's why I think people loved how honest you were on your social media and stuff. Because like you say, it's, it's okay to say, oh, did I make a mistake and have that day? Like you can do that and you mm. need to do that. Oh gosh, mum guilt is so real. Yeah. I always say to my friends, you weren't honest with me. When I said, I don't know if I should have a baby, they were like, do it, it's great, it's so much fun, it's the best thing ever, you're going to love it. And then when I had Noah, three months in, I was like, you lied to me, it's exhausting, I can't cope. And it's, they were like, yeah, 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 but it will get better, it will get better. And the worst thing you can say to somebody who's like crying their eyes out is like, just get through the first six months. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next six hours. Yeah. But it does get easier. And you are like, always faced with a new set of challenges, however old they are. Like, hell hath no fury. Like a one-year-old who's just had a bogey picked out of their nose by a grown-up. Oh she God. went, oh, full-on psycho the other day. But it's, it's, you do feel guilty. And there's so much mum guilt around. You know, I, I remember once fake tanning and then breastfeeding Noah, but I forgot I fake tanned. And she woke up the next morning with a fake tan. She looked like Homer Simpson. I was like, I shouldn't be a mum. This is like not, I shouldn't. Why? first spray tan. I know, right? Baby's first spray tan. I know. Tan. Yeah, I couldn't get it off do a bad job. You should have at least I didn't put her on Instagram coverage. for a week until it had faded. I felt so bad. <laughs> and then I felt guilty when she was in the bath and she pooed in the bath for the first time because I thought we got away with it. And then I was on my phone. But she was in the bath, but I was on my phone. And then I looked up and she was just sitting in the bath and it looked like somebody just emptied a packet of Maltesers into the bath she was playing she was playing with it luckily she didn't eat it she didn't eat it I'm not that bad but she was like sitting there I was like barge is a poo in the bath and he was like what happened I was like I wasn't 
concentrating. And he was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm sorry. I won't use my phone again. And then I felt really guilty. I was like, oh my goodness, what if she'd eat? What if she'd eaten it? What if she'd died? What if she'd... But there's always that. I'm, I'm sure every parent has gone through their child pooing in the bath. Motherhood is so beautiful, isn't it? It's like parenting. It's, so, it's yeah. so glamorous. Yeah, it's yeah. so glamorous. You're always covered in sick. So what's the difference? Now Noah is one. You feel like you've got back to yourself a little bit. What was the big difference, really? Is it the sleep mainly? The, the sleep is the big one. We're sleeping a lot more. It, we'd sleep a lot more if we went to bed earlier, but we're stupid. We go to bed at like half eleven at night. If we went to bed at nine, we get a lot of sleep. But the sleep is a lot better. She's also got a great personality, and they make you laugh more because of the things they do and the things they're trying to say. And like this morning, she was trying to put a rice cake back together, and she'd, she'd broken it in half. And she was like, her concentration face, she was going... You could have got some glue out. Help her out. (laughs) Come on, Kate. She looked like such an idiot. I loved her. I was like, you can't put it back together again. She was going... "Mm." And we were laughing our head off. And just the way she is with us and the dogs and just... She's great now. So you get get more back. So that, you know, the the laughs that they give you. And like putting... She's now putting her head on my chest because she wants a cuddle. Breaks my heart. And obviously you get a little bit more time to yourself because we got Bodge's mum looking after her and I've gone back to work and I'm not as anxious about leaving her when she was such a newborn and so fragile I was so scared that she was going to die or that she was going to choke when somebody was weaning her that I wasn't at home you, you learn to kind of be a little bit more relaxed around other people looking after your baby and she's just she's just she's just a delight when you say that you don't go to bed early enough, because this is something I'm definitely thinking about because I'm a night owl, yeah. I bet I don't blame you because I bet when she's down, you want to go to bed, but you also want that time with your partner because yeah. that's just you two then. It's the so only it's, time of day. So you don't want to sleep, but you want to sleep. Yeah. That's it's hard. the only time of day you're spending together where you are finally, it's just you two and you can have some adult time. And then you spend the whole two hours looking at photos and videos of the baby going, oh, look at her there, she's tiny, oh my God. What are we doing? Let's watch something on TV. Why are we doing this? Why are we talking about her? But, you, but that's what you do. You're so exhausted and you can't wait for them to sleep. And then when they do sleep, you're just looking at pictures of them and going, oh, I miss her now. I actually Aww. miss her. But, you, but, you, but it's so important to go to bed early because if, you, because if you do go to bed early and you get that sleep, you just feel more rested in the morning. Oh, the other day, it was last week, I remember, it was a Tuesday last week, it was the first day since she was born that I actually got up before her and showered and brushed my teeth before she woke up. And I was like, this That's is progress. a milestone. Like, yeah. Wow. And it was when she was a year old. Wow. That's interesting you mentioned, you know, sitting, spending that time together. How, I know people talk about how having a baby affects your relationship. How have you found that? Has it been... Oh, we're in the struggle. worst place possible. I don't okay, know why we're great. getting married in three months. No, don't worry. I'm joking. But we are, no, yeah. we are actually, we have actually had a really bad year. It's probably been the most challenging year for us personally as a couple. Mm. And, but we know that it's going to get better. But yeah. like, you have to just constantly remind yourself why you had the baby. It's because you love each other and you want, you know what I mean? You wanted to do it. Mm. But it is so, so tough on couples which is why so many people break up in that first year but you have to you have to prioritize your relationship which is really difficult because Mm -hmm. our relationship is constantly the bottom of the priority pile it goes noah dogs work housework relationship Mm -hmm. like we don't we've only been out on our own twice since noah was born tonight we're going for a curry up the road it's just literally up the road but i said we have to start doing things more just us because it's really important. Like you, we, 
we need to work on our relationship as well as the family, as well as our, you know, our careers. It's so important, but it's really tough juggling that work-life balance. And is it, I suppose, because you've got that such a, you've got this one thing that is, it's one thing having a dog, but you've both created this, that joint responsibility. Mm. Is it that you want to parent differently or is it just that you get on each other's nerves, the sleep thing? <laughs> I just, I'm just checking. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I just think that there's so much going on you like you're you you're trying to be a parent but you're also trying to do your own jobs and so often you're looking after the baby all day that you the only time you have to work is in the evening so then you don't even get to spend that quality time together in the yeah. evening and then at the weekends you're seeing family or you're seeing friends so you, you you do struggle to make that time for one another we on the odd occasion we get in the bath we call it bath therapy so we get in the bath and we'll chat about our week we're supposed to do this because we, like, we had a bit of couples therapy a few months ago and it really helped us. But she said, have a bath once a week, light some candles and sit there and chat. And so we mean to have bath therapy once a week, but we've only done it twice. <laughs> but it was actually really good both times we did that because you do get a lot of your chest. Yeah. And um, it's just relaxing. Even if you are just having a bath, you don't have to leave the house. It's time for you both to just yeah. relax and just be present in each other's company and talk about stuff that isn't the baby. Quality time as well. Quality no time. And yeah. Stuff. Um, how did you find it with your social life? Because I know for some people it can excel it in terms of you go to mum stuff and mum classes and people have more friends than ever and then sometimes you can just want to stay at home and not see anyone. What was that like for you? Um, yeah, it's been tricky because when I first had Noah, we were still very much in the middle of the pandemic. So there were no baby classes. And then when we were coming out of it, everyone was wearing masks. So it was really hard because you're like, like in a class, but you having a mask when you're like there, it, you can't really interact properly with people you've never met. And you, yeah. it's, it's, but, but now it's better, but um, it's a lot easier. But my social life is completely different to what it was. Like I don't want to go out till four o'clock in the morning throwing up in a taxi on my way. Do you know what I mean? I've long gone on those days. You have changed. I've changed so much. <laughs> I've changed so much. I, I, I just can't do it anymore. I'm a proper lightweight. Like, I don't go out as much. And I think because of the pandemic, I kind of, it's, it's just, we just learned to stay in a lot more. We actually enjoy staying in. And yeah. on the odd occasion when we do go out, I'm constantly clock watching because I'm the one that gets up in the morning. Right. Roger always say, I'll get up tomorrow morning and then he'll be so hungover and I'll be like, I'll do it. So I'm constantly clock watching and I don't allow myself to go out past like one in the morning, maybe two, once or time. Two's still good though. New Year's Eve, it was four. What? And she wow. woke up at seven. I've not been doing that for years, and that's before a baby. <laughs> Amy Perry, impressed. Oh, I love being in bed by 10, even now. <laughs> Do you? Oh, oh, yeah. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Any, any time in the 10s, if I go to bed at 10 anything, I'm like, I'm winning. Yeah. It's 10.49, yeah. it's not yeah. 11. So, yeah, it's important to get those be- that, that sleep. It's really yeah. important to get the sleep. And just it's actually nice to have time on your own away from the baby and your partner as well. Because yeah. you spend so much time at home with them in those early newborn days that even just going out with your mates for dinner or at the weekend for a bit of brunch, even just for a couple of hours, yeah. really, really important. And I think with work as well, because we all work in radio, we work in a similar line of work, you know, and it's an industry which is, is difficult at the best of times anyway. Yeah. But... I mean, do you feel like you've got a better work-life balance? Because we've both had the conversation, you know, you're nervous to come away from your career. You've worked really hard to get there. You don't want to take a step back in case you lose your spot or, you know, yeah. that kind of... Have you got to a place where you've, you've figured that out? 
Yeah, I've, I've figured it out recently and I know like I've got a little plan of action of how to make it work better for me because yeah. since going back to the radio, I've actually found it tougher because of how long that, you know, how long those hours are in the day. It's not just a three hour show. There's prep, yeah. there's getting to the station, there's coming home. Do you know what I mean? It ends mm. up being like a seven hour day. But um, it is really important to be out of the house. Mentally, it just it's so nice to get away yeah. from the, the role of just being a mum that when I come back to it, I appreciate Noah a lot more and I enjoy it a lot more. Mm. Um, and, but at the same time, I miss her like crazy. So like I'll leave work, I'll leave her and I'll go to work and then I'll send Bodger a message saying, send me a photo of her in the bath. Send me a photo of her what she's doing now. Oh. Like you constantly want to see what they're up to even though you're enjoying the time away from her. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but, yeah. you obviously have been busy with the podcast, coming back to work, but also your book. I know. Tell us about the book. Of course, maybe baby. So what can we expect from that? Is it your entire journey from the pregnancy to now? Um, yeah, it's, my, it's a story about my journey from being firmly child-free by choice and happy living my life, just me, and then meeting the man of my dreams and him really wanting to be a dad, and then the seven years of awkward and uncomfortable conversations that we had and the seven years oh it was a long time yeah it was a long time before he played we, the long game did he really bodge, did. didn't he yeah he calls himself Paid a off. Good, he's a good salesman to be fair and then you know the, the conception the the pregnancy and the harsh reality you know of my account and brutally honest account i think it is of the first year of motherhood yeah. told from the perspective i think of, of someone who never wanted kids but my journey of how it's come uh, you know, I think we end on Noah's first birthday, so Aww. it's just—it's not like a parenting manual. It's not going to teach you how to do anything like that. But uh, it's just my story, and I hope it helps other people. And I bet it was helpful for you to get it all down. Hugely cathartic. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Actually, I found it almost like therapy sessions doing it, and like I'm actually really grateful to the publisher for giving me that opportunity to write the book because. Like I said before, I think it's more harmful to not have these candid conversations about what motherhood can possibly be like. And, you know, in those dark days when I used to open Instagram at 3 a.m., I used to call it the Wide Awake Club. There'd be an army of women, some who have, were in the same position as me, some whose kids were grown up and they'd left and they'd gone to university and said, I wish I had, like, someone like you talking about how the brutal honesty of what motherhood in the early days can be like. Instead, all my friends were saying, oh, yeah, it's fine, I'm coping. So... You know, it's a book for everyone, really. To, you know, from those who have done it to those who are firmly in the thick of it, to parents to be, and those who are child-free as well. Amazing! I it's think out on the seventeenth of March. I think there's some sneaky copies behind you there. Oh yeah, it? we bought a few copies, even Amazing. though it's it's not out until the seventeenth of March. So I'll sign a few there. There's Francesca <laughs> from the publishing house. So I'm just going to sign a few there if anyone's if anyone's interested. Please buy my book. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think any other questions, Jen? I think we're. Uh... Yeah, no, that's that's great. Thank Good you. Good luck, much. girls. Can Thank I just you. say yeah, it's amazing that you're pregnant at the same time. I'm so excited for you. I hope you give birth on the same day. Oh, I hope they are. They have birthday twin we'll days. Live stream it and and everything. Absolutely no, maybe not. not are no. you really going to live stream? <laughs> no, it? absolutely. Everyone not. asked me if I was going to live stream well, I it because I was you so might. I was a bit disappointed, <laughs> to be honest, Kate. But you know, I'm going to actually share the. I'm going to share the video of Noah's birth. Okay. Yeah. Is I'm, that yeah? Because it's, it's a C-section. Yeah, Don't worry. Oh, you're not okay. seeing legs open, tuppets right. on display, or anything like that. <laughs> uh, it's it's this side, and there's a there's a there's a cloth there, a screen. But I'm going to share that because it's actually really 
really cool, yeah. nice video. Amazing. It's a lovely moment where she's lifted over the curtain looking oh. like she's gone oh. 10 rounds with Mike Tyson. Oh, bless um, her. But uh, yeah, I'm going to share that soon, I think. Amazing. Well, so live stream yours, yeah? Abs absolutely. Yeah. We all want to see Whoever's it. first live streams, that's okay. what we'll say. Because yeah. right. you're two days ahead of me, oh. so the likelihood is. Yeah, that's just My shit. DMs are always open. Text me at the middle of the night if you want it, because you're going to have questions. Yeah. You might not think you're going to have oh, questions. I mean, even walking around today, I'm like, I, this stuff looks great. Do, what do I? What do, do I need it all? What do I? I don't know what half of it <laughs> does, <laughs> but um, I'll just go and buy a load of stuff. But Kate, thank you so much for thank joining you. us today. Thank you, ladies. On to new mums. Send all love to Noah and Baxter and Shirley. Thank you, of course. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. This thank afternoon. you, everyone. Thanks very much. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. <laughs> to be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.